From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Apparently I've been doing it wrong. I I have not been doing what other men have been doing, according to TikTok, and therefore a failure. Oh yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike Davidson. This is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for downloading the podcast, hanging out with me for the next half hour or so. Glad you can do it. Um, one of the more harmless things on TikTok right now, and as far as I know, nobody has died from this yet. It's TikTok, but uh, apparently men, especially here stateside, think about the Roman Empire a whole hell of a lot. And this is according to, well, I guess I guess it started with a Roman Empire reenactor saying that guys think about it more often than women realize because guys want to be warriors and such. And so it's become a TikTok trend where women are asking their boyfriends and their husbands, hey, do you think about the Roman Empire a whole hell of a lot? And the answer is apparently yes. And here I am uh, (laughs) just finishing up American Prometheus, uh, hot off of watching Oppenheimer, just starting a band of brothers on uh, Netflix and uh, uh, quite a few World War II books in my in my bookshelf here that I'm looking at. I'm not I'm not talking, I'm not watching, I'm not reading up on the Roman Empire a whole hell of a lot. I'm just uh, looking at another era of warriors and thinkers. <laughs> Way out of touch here. That's that's what's going on. But uh what was it? Um I there's a I'm forgetting his name. Uh Ian Chong, uh Ian Miles Chong on TikTok. He's talking about how uh, we should embrace being a warriors uh, and being an empire. I'm not sure if I really follow that because the Roman Empire did become corrupt, uh, was ruled by very corrupt emperors, and it fell in the long run. I'm, I kind of like the whole republic idea with limited re- representation, term limits, theoretically, and uh, perhaps even age limits, but uh, that's a rant for another time. All right, um, pretty pretty decent mood uh, got some lawns mode some stuff done Colts won today they beat the Texans I think that the worst st- this is a sad uh, statistic when it comes to the Houston Texans apparently last three seasons in Houston the Colts are 2 and one and the Texans have two wins total in that stretch of time. In multiple games, you're talking like uh, just seen trying to at least 24 games. They've only had two wins in Houston. Uh, didn't get one today against the Colts. Uh, kind of a, a mini controversy because uh, Anthony Richardson, the starting quarterback for the Colts, he had two rushing touchdowns on the second one. He was pushed to the ground pretty hard, and I didn't realize how hard it was. Uh, a lot of people didn't. He was um. I think he played two three-and-out sets, and then they brought in Gardner Minshew because uh, Anthony, when he uh, rushed for a second touchdown uh, afterward, was pushed to the ground pretty hard and uh, hit his head on the turf. He's got a concussion, and he is in the concussion protocol, so uh, he may or may not play against Baltimore coming up this Sunday. But that's, that's going to be like the subject of some think pieces. How could the Colts put in a guy uh, who got hurt and not realize it for 10 minutes or so? 
That's that's and I'm not saying because I want to see this. I'm saying this because I know sports writers and they have to bitch about something. And for me, I think it's it's as simple as okay. He seemed all right after scoring that touchdown. He goes in. He's just not thinking clearly. Maybe he says or does something weird. Maybe the coach asks, hey, uh, how many fingers am I holding up? And he responds, avocado. I don't know. I don't think it was meant maliciously. Uh, and hopefully he makes a full recovery and everything. Um, but uh, kind of just a wild weekend in the NFL. Uh, I do miss football. I'm glad to see that. All right. So uh, with that said, uh, kind of a big deal brewing right now across the pond. And uh, maybe even here in Hollywood. or well, not here in Hollywood. I'm in Indiana. Uh, but here stateside in Hollywood, uh, the comedian Russell Brand featuring... Uh, he is the subject of some serious, heavy allegations involving sexual abuse, sexual assault, rape. Uh, one victim allegedly 16 years old. And this stuff apparently happened back in 2000. Six, two thousand eight, sometime in that time frame. That was up uh, fifteen years ago, uh, and I think that this television program and then a newspaper have followed suit uh, uh, with these investigations on these allegations again from fifteen years ago. And as I and I've said before with uh, Danny Masterson and uh, Scientology, because Scientology is a little shady itself, but uh, I know nothing about Danny Masterson. I know nothing about his accusers. Same with this scenario with Russell Brand and his accusers, who are still anonymous. And uh, only now Scotland Yard, I think, is looking into it. But it, here's here's my problem with the whole damn thing. Uh, one of the comedians, uh, some other comedian was interviewed about this, and I don't know who the hell this is. Maybe a, a big deal over across the way in England, but... He said something about Russell Brand's behavior 15 years ago being an open secret about this sort of thing, okay? An open secret like it was okay or something. Now, let's just say that the, the chart, hypothetically, these charges are accurate. If this is true, why the hell did it take so long and why didn't anybody do anything sooner about it? Because the Me Too movement... Uh, it, it's, it kind of started up around 2006, 2007. Didn't really become a hashtag type of thing until like uh, 2017. But, uh, you know, more women were talking about sexual abuse and harassment and all that stuff. And it just seems weird now, years later after the height of his uh, height of his uh, popularity with, you know, Get Him to the Greek and Forgetting Sarah Marshall and all that, now that he's uh, been kind of... Con uh, consigned to just like YouTube videos where you know he talks about politics and stuff it's weird now that this stuff is coming out and I'm not and I don't know if it's like a grand conspiracy or anything but it's uh, it could be just something as simple as like publishers going okay we don't like the guy let's go after him but if you if, if publications if people were truly concerned about justice why wasn't this done then why wasn't justice pursued? then why are you going to journalists now you know what i mean and it's um i don't know like i don't want to say that i believe him because he is refuting the story but i have a hard time believing the allegations because it's coming so late 
So my advice is just to kind of keep your powder dry on this sort of thing. And it's it's weird too because I, I, I saw a couple weeks ago, somebody sent me a link, uh, a video where he was talking about Oppenheimer. And uh, you know I just got done reading American Prometheus. Uh, kind of going back with that open secret thing. Um, one of the things that was... Uh, one of the things that was a big mark on Robert, Robert Oppenheimer was the fact that he associated with people with strong communist sympathies. He himself gave to some charities that were uh, communist-backed back in the late 30s because he was against fascism, and he was trying to support uh, the anti-fascists in the uh, Spanish Civil War. And he was very anti-Nazi because, well, he's Jewish. Um, and... One, and one of the things that got his, the main thing that got his security clearance revoked in 1954 was the fact that uh, he had associated with some of these people. He was never tried for treason. He was never convicted of espionage. He never defected the country after losing his clearance. He stayed in the country, uh, but he just, he lost his clearance. And it was an open secret. Everybody knew that he himself uh, he came clean about a lot of this stuff before he went to Los Alamos. Um, and I'm just saying, if, if this is all common knowledge, as this one comedian is alluding to, and all this stuff is known, why wasn't anything done prior? And why is why are journalists, alleged journalists, who had access to this story 15 years ago, now coming out about it? It just it makes you wonder. Uh, and uh, this isn't like a lizard people uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory here that I'm uh, touting here. I'm legitimately asking, is this just because uh, the things he is saying does don't jibe with what a lot of other publications, a lot of other commentators are saying? Is that why this is now a thing? Something to ponder, something to think. Again, I can't say that I fully support Russell Brandt because I don't know the guy. I can't attest to his character. But I can't condemn the guy at the same time. Same go with uh, his accusers, whoever they may be. Just watch how this thing plays out. Very strange stuff, especially uh, this past weekend. But uh, apparently he had a stand-up show in England, Full House, and uh, the audience did support him. So we'll see. All right, Hollywood Strike has taken some very... Uh, interesting turns. I'm going to be a little more lighthearted here because, well, this shit is funny as hell. One benefit to the writers and uh, actor strike is the fact that they want everybody to not work. Well, that's not the benefit here. The fact, the benefit is they're cleaning up daytime television. Uh, the talk, not doing new episodes. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, not doing new episodes until the strikes are resolved. And now Drew Barrymore will not do her show. She was originally going to do it, but then everybody was talking about that she'd be a scab. And I, I mentioned about, I think I mentioned it last episode, and uh, she lost that sweet uh, hosting gig for the National Book Awards. Because <laughs> that's televised. Um, but, so she's, uh, she's canceled because I have no words. She's folded faster than Superman on laundry day. Um, and you compare this to what Bill Maher is taking on right now. He himself is going to be doing a uh, monologue-free, real-time, uh, basically a writerless scab version of Real Time with Bill Maher. It's just going to be a, kind of an open panel 
where like he normally does, he talks with guests. He's just not going to have the bits and segments like he normally does, and people are coming after him. Uh, difference between him and Drew Barrymore is I don't think I don't think Bill Maher gives a flying shit as to what other people think of him, especially uh, one Keith Olbermann who went on Twitter X not too recently, uh, not not too long ago is what I'm saying, and. Uh, he said to Bill, you know, F you. I know you, Bill. F you. <laughs> you know, he's, he's uh, tweeting this out from uh, his bathtub in his condo that he never leaves in New York City. It's just, it strikes me weird as hell that a guy who has burned more professional bridges than anybody else in uh, television news, in entertainment, as Keith has done with ESPN, MSNBC, Fox News, Fox Sports, uh, uh, Al Jazeera, Akuta Matata, all those networks. He's commenting about how one other guy should do his job. Bill is going back to work because he wants to generate content. He's a left-of-center guy, very left-of-center guy, but uh, I agree with him on a whole lot of stuff when it comes to uh, discussing ideas. And one thing I have to applaud Bill for is he's not just thinking about the content, he's also thinking about his uh, camera crew, his uh, stage director, his lighting crew. You know, the technical people that have been sidelined by uh, the strange, encompassing, all-encompassing strike that's been going on since May. May, June, July, August, we're into September now. So this thing's been going on for about four months now, and no resolution in sight. These people aren't making any money. These people aren't striking so Bill is doing what he can to keep the show going, to keep content going. And Keith is just, uh, you know, tweeting these little FUs out at him uh, like it matters. And then and also um, uh, Keith Olbermann uh, attacking Aaron Rodgers. As you know, Aaron Rodgers went down with the, uh, the, the Achilles uh, injury last Monday night. Uh, he's out for the season. He's done. And, you know, Keith Olbermann made some... Try to make a jab, so to speak, at uh, his refusal to be vaccinated. And then there was like some uh, right-wing commentator, too. And I don't know who this is, but uh, as you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers likes to do uh, hallucinogenics. And he said maybe that was the cause of the injury. Guys, it had nothing to do with drugs or the vaccine. Uh, it had everything to do with football. And Aaron Rodgers rightfully called them bums. And besides, it's hard to own a guy who's making $75 million straight up, guaranteed, play or no play. Uh, he could come back and have a shit season, tear the other Achilles heel next year, and he makes off with a pretty decent payday, and he'll still go still go to Canton. Uh, the only people that get burned are the Jets in this scenario. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to own Aaron Rodgers on this, but Keith Olbermann just got kind of this odd specter uh, poking, trying to poke fights with people when he himself is a joke and he can't get over that but anyway going back to bill kudos to him for actually trying to do something because it's apparent that the studios aren't doing anything and the unions aren't doing anything although i think uh the the, uh, um, the writers union saying because he himself is a writer if he does this show uh there could be some infractions some consequences Again, Bill doesn't give an F. Uh, Sean Penn is a nut. Um, and, you know, he's an actor, obviously, but he's also nuts. And uh, 
One thing that I have agreed with on the actors is the use of AI and the writers. It's just that it's kind of hard to sympathize with them when they've done such a shit job over the last two decades in terms of overall content coming out of that town uh, to really to really throw my support behind them. But the, uh, the idea of your image, your voice, being used to hawk products that uh, you wouldn't normally be associated with or when you're long dead... You're a character in these movies, and it's happened before with, you know, this, um, what was it, uh, Rogue One, Star Wars story. They CGI'd in uh, the late Peter Cushing's uh, likeness, had another actor play him, but they uh, they basically CGI'd his face on this actor's face, actor's body, and it was really creepy. And uh, Sean Penn is against that, okay? I agree with him. He has a really terrible way of making a point, though. Because he said in, a, in an interview, uh, what if we just used AI to physically reconstruct your daughters and had our way with them? Because that's the same as being a rape victim, apparently. And it's okay to make these comments uh, when you, you... No, it's not okay. No, it's, it's Sean Penn going sh full Sean Penn. And that's a big reason why I'm not a big Sean Penn fan. Again... You can make some great, you can, oh, I can agree with the point, but if you're going to go full Sean Penn like that, you're on your own. And it, that to me is a little more disturbing than currently, currently speaking, than Russell Brand denying the allegations. Because you just said that. I haven't seen Russell Brand do anything bad. It's basically he said, she said there, whereas you are just saying, yeah, if I wanted to, I could have my way with a fake one of your daughters. Strange. Creepy. Uh, another reason why I, I think a lot of people aren't sympathetic or paying attention to the writer's strike or the actor's strike is the fact that there is about a century's worth of content strewn upon a bunch of streamers, cable television, Hell, you might even have old DVDs and Blu-rays floating around your house, and you might pop those into your player and enjoy those. And one of the best things about Max struggling right now as a streamer is that uh, Band of Brothers and a couple of other HBO properties and a couple of other Warner Brother properties have found their way onto Netflix, which I am a subscriber to. Uh, I'm not a subscriber to Max because I've got... I've got Netflix, I've got Hulu, I've got Disney Plus, uh, and I rarely watch Disney Plus anymore. Paramount Plus, uh, which sometimes I look at. But I, you know, I started up watching Band of Brothers last night. This show came out in two thousand one. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, it's a twenty twenty. It's twenty two year old show that was on HBO. Ten ran ten episodes, uh, produced by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, fresh off of Saving Private Ryan, and it's about an airborne battalion. Uh, in World War II that uh, drops in from England into Normandy uh, during that whole thing. Of course, based off a book by Stephen Ambrose. And uh, it is trending spectacularly on Netflix. And I and I kind of hope that more shows like this... Because I started watching it last night and uh, the first episode, I'm watching the second episode tonight. I can't binge all damn day because I have a job and I have kids running around and I don't need them to see war images... Um, but when I get the chance, I, I'm sitting down and I'm watching it. And uh, like the first episode last night was just, it, it just kind of grew on me. 
And it, it, it took a bit, but like I was really into this. And I don't think that kind of showmaking exists. Very, it's very rare that it exists now. I can't say that it doesn't exist. But I didn't get this feeling of messaging. Um, I didn't get this feeling of political correctness. I just I got this feeling of watching guys as they were young men from across America going into this terrible conflict hoping to come home alive. And there are some uh, conflicting personalities and there are some bad words and some naughty things and it's not politically correct, but it's these are people as they are. And I think that is what is missing with a lot of the content that comes out of that town. You're just not getting people that... I mean, this is based on a true story, but you're overall not getting a feeling when you watch newer television shows, newer movies, that these people could actually exist in real life, that you could not bump into this person in real life. And it's not to say you can't do science fiction or anything like that, but, you know, characters, you have to kind of believe that they could exist, is what I'm getting at. But uh, Band of Brothers now on uh, Netflix, as is, I think, um, The Pacific, which I'll try to watch later on. And Six Feet Under, which, okay, I'm not going to watch that one. All right, uh, so <laughs> this is a funny story to me um, because Rolling Stone magazine is one of the most hypocritical publications on the face of the effing planet. Uh, you know, the hippie rock magazine uh, that uh, wags its finger at people who are conservative or libertarian or just not into the whole progressive thing. Uh, and you're, you're, you're racist, you're sexist, you're homophobic, you're all these terrible things because you don't buy into their thing. And never mind that they falsely accused a fraternity of rape back in five or six years ago and uh, was were pretty much discredited. Jan Warner, uh, Warner he's the, uh, the founder of Rolling Stone magazine, the uh, publisher. He's also a, a chairman at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Well, he was. He has since been uh, kicked off the board because he himself apparently a racist and a sexist. Don't know about homophobe because he does have a male partner. But I didn't get that far into the interview. I just... <laughs> He's got like this new uh, compilation of interviews. Uh, and some of the people that he interviewed over the years were, you know, Bono of YouTube, Bruce Springsteen... Uh... Uh, Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger, and a few others, and uh, I, somehow it came up that you know all these guys were white, and, uh, and and guys, you know, all these guys were white and they have wangs, and uh, he just said that you couldn't have the same deep philosophical conversations with, say, a Janis Joplin or a Joni Mitchell the same way you could a Mick Jagger or Bruce Springsteen. And when it came to guys like Steven, Stevie Wonder, yeah, he's a genius, but Curtis Mayfield and Marvin Gaye, yeah, do you think that they're as articulate as these guys I interviewed? And I don't know if I was laughing reading this because, you know, he's saying these, I, they're just, they are blatantly sexist and racist, and I'm not a woke person. I'm just like, wow, dude, this guy is woke or allegedly woke, and he's saying this crap. I don't know if that in itself is funny or the fact that he thinks Bruce Springsteen is coherent because or articulate because, you know, he, he kind of mumbles through his songs. 
But this guy has been pushing uh, against middle America for so long, and here he is saying the very things he accuses a lot of people from middle America of thinking. What a D-bag. Uh, a complete D-bag. Um, but he's no longer on, uh, on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, as a uh, chairperson, so he's no longer got a hand in selecting who gets in. I don't know if this is going to be beneficial in the long run uh, for people on the outside looking in. I have contended since Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is basically all of anything that's ever been just pop, great, in, in the mainstream. They need to expand induction classes to more than just like six or seven artists at a time. They need to put in at least 10 per year because there's a backlog of uh, people that are still alive that aren't in and uh, posthumously not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think that in itself is a crime. Jan Wenner not being on the board is not a crime. It's funny as hell. All right, so going from that to Canada, there's a high school, I think this is in Ontario, that has decided to be more inclusive with its library. Because when you think of fascist countries, you think Canada, right? Well, and I am being kind of sarcastic, but I'm also being kind of truthful here because I'm looking at this story, shaking my head, rolling my eyes. Uh, they ha had reduced a lot of the books on their shelves for to anything, like anything published before 2008. A lot of those books went bye-bye because they wanted to be more inclusive for newer books written in the last 15 years. Inclusive diversity and they pushed a lot of books out of the way that weren't that way like harry potter was one of them don't know why that got removed uh hunger games and i'm sure some stuff with mark twain's name attached to it uh you know and this is one of those situations where you want to make a george orwell or a ray bradbury reference but i don't know if uh, any of the students that attend this high school in canada know who those people are because they've been dead for a while, and they're kind of against that whole censorship thing. Uh, but one of the critics of this move um, uh, is uh, of Japanese descent, and was talking about how some books uh, that dealt with Japanese internment camps back in World War II, how some of those books could be removed from the shelves because of this shitbird idea. Because... I'm going to be honest with uh, uh, anybody progressive that thinks that it's a good idea. Uh, prior to 2008, there were more than just straight white dudes writing books. A whole lot of people have been writing books for years across countless continents. And if you want to be more inclusive, you don't clear books off a bookshelf. You build more bookshelves. You want kids to read. Uh, even if it's a bad book, ask them why it's a bad book. And who knows, there might be a book that people have forgotten that somebody discovers, and it might actually be freaking great. But no, we're doing away with the past, because what the hell could you learn from history? You know, unless you think about the Roman Empire, nonstop, 24-7. Okay, a couple more stories to kind of lighten things up a little bit, maybe. Uh, the, the, just to show you that... Uh, Things just aren't bad in Canada. 
quick hit of these here United States. Uh, going out to Denver, Colorado, there is a pop-up homeless bar right there on the street with, uh, you know, lounge chairs and, of course, liquor and a tent in the back for prostitutes. Weird stuff. Uh, you know, it's a bar with a tent with, you know, paying for sex. I thought the whole thing about being down and out was that you didn't have money. I, I'm trying to imagine somebody working a corner just so they can go to another corner and give that money to a prostitute in a tent that's been used. No, thank you. Uh, if, if you're so desperate for booze, just hang outside of a gas station. Maybe somebody will buy you a bottle of Thunderbird. Okay, California now has pirates. There are people that are stealing boats from marinas, wreck, wrecking them on rocks, stealing equipment from the boats, stealing stuff from the boats, and they're not doing anything about it because they're California. In fact, uh, uh, just to show you how far behind some of the police departments are, the city of Oakland only has one cop that can operate a boat. Of course, this is also the same city that has told people to carry bullhorns and air horns with them in case they get attacked. That's showing you how resourceful the Oakland Police Department is at this point. Florida, man in trouble after uh, getting into a fight with his lover and then burning her Jaguar. The thing is, his lover is also his cousin. When you see the mugshot, it's the least surprising story but, of course, the fact that a Jaguar is involved makes it kind of a surprising story. Thank you for your contribution, Florida. And finally, uh, a woman in Tennessee was arrested, DUI, pulled over, breathalyzed, uh, just reeking of booze. And she says her new job uh, has her testing booze. That's why she was so drunk, officer. Yes, that, that'll get you out of any arrest. I mean, d did it work, though? I mean, I mean... Obviously it did. She tested the booze. She got wasted. Somebody noticed her, and there she is. She's a mugshot. And uh, just the pride of the Tennessean is believing state. So there you go. All right, with that all said and done, I am done. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives. 